Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, what issues keep you up at night? Oh gosh, there's a lot that keeps you up at night. I mean, so things like, you know, finding out what happened with, I mean, this is more recent, but with the school shooting, like my, my husband's a teacher, you know, my husband's in education, he's an elementary school teacher. And, you know, there's things like, like just more, a more immediate thing like that has just the, the heaviness of the world, I think is something that has, can definitely keep me up. I think just as an entrepreneur at three years in, as somebody who as we were talking about prior to this conversation, like maybe is sometimes overcommitted with a lack of margin, just like mentally mapping out just in a more tactical response, like just mentally mapping out and thinking through like energy management for that day and, and where my time is going to be spent and where my attention is going to be and what's going to be tugging at me. That is just on a more like a day-to-day basis. And then, you know, I just, I have big visions. I have really big visions for my life and things that I want to do and the people that I want to reach and impact. And so I think sometimes there can be this restless discontent that we have when we have a a big vision for what we want to do in the world. And so I think just sometimes that underlying current of that is something that can contribute to, to keeping me up. I would say those are some of the things that without really thinking too much, those are some of the things that my future keep me up at night. So in that area, what are, what are some of the things that people are getting wrong? Like, what are they not doing that you feel they should be doing? I mean, I think a lot of times one of the things that can leave people in a state of restlessness is not having a plan. Like, a lot of times, like, I'm very intentional. I have coaches. Like, I have a, you know, business coach that I hire and a mastermind that I'm in. And I have a lot of accountability from other people that I know that I'm not doing this by myself. Because I I went down that road for most of my life where I just tried to do everything alone and felt like being independent and self-sufficient was something that somehow made me appear more competent, which is really a bunch of nonsense. (laughs) And I've learned the hard way from burning out in 2017, I think was one of the catalysts for me to realize I needed to reach out and ask for help. So one of the things that I think a lot of people get wrong is this idea that you have to just hustle and muscle your way into things. And what I've come to learn and realize is that whatever is meant for me will not miss me, will not pass me, because I've seen out of all the things that have happened in my life that are really milestone moments or experiences, I look back and I say, well, none of those things did I force, though I was actively moving toward them. And I was intentionally seeking out support or guidance and having a a plan of action for how to make them a reality without, I think, having a plan, having support, being flexible with it. I think a lot of times two people have a, they have their path and their plan. And it's like, this is step one and this is step two and this is step three. And it's like, no, 
I might go to like step 15 and then I might go back to step three and then I might go back to up to step 27 and then just accepting that there's probably probably not going to look the way you think it's going to to kind of allow the unfolding and then I think also to do what you can when you think about the issues that I, I think at our church I talk about like what are the things that tug at your heart things that tug at your heart and so part of it is thinking like okay, well, what can you do to be a contribution in an area that's meaningful, important to you? So for instance, whether it's, there's a couple like causes that are meaningful to my husband and I, mostly around children and education and poverty or uh, human trafficking. And so it's thinking through, well, what can I do to support organizations, whether it's with time or with advocacy or with finances or with a combination of all of them to essentially be a voice for those that maybe don't have one. So that's something that I think taking action activating that sense of agency that we have to make things happen and to influence things in a positive way is something that I think can help mobilize us. So those are some things that come to mind when I think about people that what people get wrong is just this idea that I'm just going to sit back and let life happen. And it's like, well, it's this fine line, this dance between taking initiative and allowing the unfolding and getting support along the way. Absolutely. I think we're all connected and leading with empathy is probably one of the the better skills to have uh, as, as a human. So speaking of empathy and being connected, why do you think in the B2B space, there's such a disconnect between things like representation and equity? Well, I think because there's been no incentive structure put in place to counter it. Like, the current, I mean, the current system and structure essentially rewards the people that have been in positions of authority and influence. And then generally speaking, people bring along people that are in their network that look like them, that remind them of themselves, that they're familiar with, that they know that they, you know, quote unquote, get. And it just feels, I think, like less of a risk than for people to say, well, how about somebody that doesn't look like me? Or how about somebody who has a fundamentally different set of life experiences than me? Or how about somebody that doesn't have the privilege that I have? What might it look like? to have a conversation and not just put something up on your social media page as a company, which is very easy to do, but actually take the steps and take the initiative to do something about that. And, you know, as a solopreneur, I haven't necessarily had super direct experience. I'm just, you know, three years into running my business, doing what I'm doing, but I'm seeing more and more organizations that are reaching out to me saying, you know, that they're really focused on emphasizing belonging and diversity and equity and inclusion. And they're not just saying it, they're putting task forces together and they're, and they're empowering their employees and they're funding things. And they're, you know, and then they have, they have goals around, for instance, I've had groups come to me and say, we have all dudes on our executive team. And like, we know that's not okay. And we're taking steps to change that. So we formed this coalition and we formed this group. I think there's so much work to be done. One of the people who I really like to listen to, there's a podcast called Brown Table Talk. And I think that's a really good, just like to get informed, I think is a good place to like start, like inform yourself. We were talking beforehand about the importance of starting with that inner work. So I think part of that is like get informed of stories other than your own to begin to have perspective and to approach it with curiosity. I do not have any answers, truly, but those are some thoughts that I have. (laughs) Got it. So who are the partners, the people that need to be involved in order to, to take steps toward a better vision? I think organizations would benefit from not just looking at who's been in positions of power and authority in the past and not just looking to those people to be the ones making decisions and influencing. I think 
one of the things organizations miss out on is that they have insight and experience and wisdom from their own people that they're very rarely tapping into, that represent diverse perspectives and a diverse set of experiences. And so I think one of the things that would be interesting, like employees have within an organization, they have their own kind of subcultures of things that they know that maybe the people at the top don't know what's going on, right? So an interesting thing might be if an organization is wanting to figure out how can we foster a culture of greater belonging and greater diversity and equity and inclusion, to ask some of the folks within the organization, who do you think should be included in this conversation that would have a unique perspective to offer? And then allowing it to be a little bit more democratic as opposed to like, well, HR, the leadership team is handpicking these people who say yes to everything, who have been doing all the things all along. How are you going to get any new voices in if you do something like that? So I think part of it is just asking the people to even like upvote and nominate their peers. Like who's somebody that you feel like has a unique perspective to bring to this conversation and inviting people. I think part of it is inviting people to share stories. We connect through story. We're wired for story. And storytelling is one of the ways that we can focus on. You mentioned empathy. It's one of the ways that we can focus on empathy building is by storytelling and inviting people into, and this can be done virtually, this can be done in person, inviting people into small group experiences, talking about things like their experiences around belonging or not belonging, what their vision is, what they'd like to see. So, hey, if you had your magic wand and could you know, change three things about this organization, what would you like to see happen a year from now? Would you like to be celebrating a year from now about how we've created a culture that doesn't just talk about, but truly lives out these things we say that we value? And inviting people from all levels of the organization into a conversation like that and crowdsource that insight to co-create that vision because they're going to be a heck of a lot more invested if they were a part of the process and as opposed to here's a top-down HR initiative that everyone needs to get behind. Really an effective way to engage people. And talking about the things that are universally true of what humans want. And there was some research done by Brene Brown talked about this on her podcast. She's somebody who I think does a really good job of giving voice and using her platform for good. And she had these father-son, Donald and Charles Saul, who did this research that was published in MIT Sloan Management around culture. And one of the key factors that contributed most to a toxic culture was a lack of inclusion. That's what they found was one of the contributing, I mean, not surprising, right? If you don't feel like you're a part of something. And it's different, you know, and she talks about the difference between fitting in and belonging, right? Fitting in is like, I'm doing the things that you expect me to, like, I'm doing the things that you expect me to do, whether or not they actually align for me to be a part of this thing. And belonging is like, I can show up and be me. I can be who I am. And that's accepted. And, you know, that matters. Everyone has struggled. And I think especially in the past two years with the pandemic, I mean, today being the two-year anniversary of George Floyd's murder, of what happened in Buffalo, of what happened in Texas, of... There's just such heaviness in the world and people are being more and more separated and polarized and disconnected. And what contributes to healing is creating shared spaces where people can feel seen and validated and affirmed for their experience without having to explain, well, here's why I feel this way or just, I feel heavy today. Okay. Right? Like you don't need to explain yourself to us. You just, okay, you feel heavy. That's, that makes sense. It's hard to feel. It's hard to deal with heaviness, especially over an extended period of time. And to acknowledge that different people are having, processing the past two years and then before. It's not just the past two years, right? We keep talking about the past two years. It's like, it's not just the past two years, you know? It's like well before that, a lot of this 
this was already going on, right? The pandemic is just a thing that exacerbated a lot. And I think the willingness to show up with curiosity and openness and kindness is one of the things that will help us to heal and to recognize we're going to get it wrong. We're going to say the wrong thing. And like, and how can we show ourselves and each other grace? How, like, how can we do that? Because we're so, we're in a culture where people are so quick to blame and shame one another. That is not helpful. It's just not helpful. Like, shame is one of the least effective long-term motivators that there is. Like, it's just not helpful. It's a disconnector. It's inherently a disconnector. And what we need is connection. What we need is to hear people's stories and to see the humanness in each other. What do we have in common? Like, what do we all want, you know? And I know there are certain people that feel like they can't have the things that they want that other people take for granted. Okay, if that's happening and that's true, and it is, well, how can we have conversations about how we can be catalysts and change agents for that? Again, this is not me knowing any answers. I don't, I'm not even gonna pretend like I'm that smart, I'm not. But these are just questions that I think we'd benefit from contemplating. Awesome. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.